Hello and welcome to this Sustainable Wine podcast. This is a recording of a conference session that took place on the 2nd or 3rd of June 2021 as part of Sustainable Wine's Future of Wine Americas Conference 2021. We'd very much like to thank the sponsors of that conference, BSI, Bodega Argento, Jackson Family Wines, International Wineries for Climate Action and Avenea. Thank you to all of those groups for their important support and I hope you enjoy the session. So let's dive into our third and final session uh, from today's IWCA workshop. And, you know, it, just as a quick recap, in the first panel, we heard from our executive uh, leaders, uh, you know, on really the need uh, for action and collaboration on climate change, uh, on advancing mitigation strategies, advancing decarbonization strategies for the industry and the opportunity that the industry really um, is afforded uh, in our in our leadership role within agriculture. Uh, in the second panel, uh, we heard from our technical experts um, on really implementation and measurement. And we released and debuted the IWCA GHG calculator tool, uh, which is available to IWCA applicants and members moving forward. Again, starting with the US-based version of the tool and the goal of expanding it out into uh, other regions in the future and also just provided a, a high-level overview of some of the organizational priorities for IWCA over the course of the next year or so. <clears throat> and in the third uh, panel, the third session, uh, this panel is really focused on kind of a nuts and bolts deep dive into how an organization can actually get started in working with IWCA. Um, and so we're joined on, on the panel today uh, with uh, Francisca Estartis, who's the head of sustainability for the VSPT Wine Group, um, which, as you all heard from Barbara, is um, earlier on uh, first panel is, a, is a, an organization based in Chile and uh, Argentina with a number of wineries within the group. And um, I think by all accounts, a VSPT probably has uh, one of the more complex uh, supply chains of um, of any IWCA member, uh, and they're on the uh, on the larger side of the of the one uh, of the membership group for IWCA. So I think um, you know what we'll be talking about with with Fran is really kind of going to be indicative of uh, of what you know what is the maybe an extreme case of joining um, IWCA and the complexities I think uh, that are, that are entailed in um, aligning uh, your uh, an organization's greenhouse gas emissions uh, accounting and inventorying efforts with our standard and the global uh, the global standards. And so, so Fran really kind of leads those efforts for VSPT and has been um, an amazing um, member uh, for IWCA and a great contributor towards our efforts uh, over the past year. And uh, again, VSPT was one of the early members of um, of IWCA. Um, so we are excited to, uh, to hear from Fran and, uh, I'll be essentially starting, uh, we'll have a, just a, a discussion. So I'm going to be taking off the screen share for now. Um, we'll be kind of starting with, a, just a high level discussion between Fran and myself, um, about the onboarding process and, um, just kind of as a, as a precursor to that, you know, when we, when Jackson and Torres came together in 2018, uh, when we were really kind of thinking about the need for and the development of IWCA, we really uh, recognized 
uh, the need to standardize uh, our approaches to measurement and, uh, and verification for emissions um, for the wine industry. And, um, you know, that really started with aligning around um, the global uh, protocol for greenhouse gas accountings and, uh, and auditing and, and those those current kind of uh, gold standards for, for accounting and, and auditing are the WRI GHG protocol and the ISO 14064 process by which we account for and verify our emissions. And so we wanted to create this, uh, this degree of standardization that any organization anywhere, any wine company anywhere in the world could adopt um, so that we were all in a position where we're kind of measuring to manage in the same way. And we are all taking uh, similar approaches and, and hopefully gaining similar insights and being able to advance our collective efforts uh, more quickly, more efficiently um, through the use of these, uh, these tools. Um, and when, when Jackson and Torres came together at the beginning of this, um, you know, we, we, we did a deep dive and we looked at um, all of our, and we kind of compared and contrasted our inventories. Torres did a very, very comprehensive inventory and, and had been since about 2008. Uh, at Jackson, we had been measuring our greenhouse gas emissions inventory since about 2008, but it really advanced in our level of rigor in adopting some of these international standards starting in 2015. So 2015 for us is our baseline year. Um, but we both recognized that we were following these international protocols and we wanted to ensure that, the, that those international protocols um, were accounting for some of the main uh, emissions um, issues in the wine industry because uh, WRI as a GHG, as an international GHG protocol, isn't, uh, any, isn't specific to any industry. Um, and so we did a lot of comparing and contrasting and kind of aligning our various different um, spreadsheets to, to figure out what Torres was accounting for, what Jackson was accounting for, and really making sure that we kind of covered uh, the vast majority of emissions in uh, any of the tools that we were uh, building out. And per the WRI GHG um, uh, protocol guidance, um, you have to include 95% of your scopes one and two emissions. So anything that's driving at least 95% of your emissions has to be included. And then at least 80% of your scope three emissions. So we really worked very hard and very closely to identify kind of those, those areas. And obviously every winery is different, but I think we've done a really good job of, um, of aligning, um, aligning those calculations. And as you saw in the second session, that now has taken the form of the IWCA GHG calculator tool that is available. Um, so moving into the VSPT conversation, um, I wanted to start just um, by asking Fran uh, first and foremost, what, uh, you know, what has your, uh, your company's journey been like um, as you kind of have approached IWCA, learning more about IWCA, and what were some of the factors that, um, that really made you become, uh, decide to become part of, uh, of this organization? Okay, um, Fred, thanks for inviting me uh, to share our experience. Um, at VSPT, we have been working on sustainability, uh, sustainability development for more than 10 years. And in 2016, we started operating our first renewable energy self-generation projects, always with ambition to go uh, for more. 
Three years later, uh, we felt humbly, and I say humbly, <laughs> ready to take a big step. The challenge was very clear. Uh, we have to manage and reduce our greenhouse uh, gases emissions. Uh, it was a clear decision, but we were unsure about the goal of we will set it on how we will achieve them. And in parallel to this, uh, we heard about YWCA was in an international wine fair. And we heard something like, uh, this is a collaborative group, um, very commitment to find innovative solutions, mitigate the impact of climate change. In, so immediately we want to know more because we want to do things, but we, di we didn't know how. And why? Because it's a collaborative group. And we love the idea of working together, transferring experience and technologies. We are convinced that we must be united as an industry to achieve change. Uh, because the climate change is a fact. And we understand that we, do, we don't all contribute equally and this situation and for better, better or worse. And we want to, our contribution to be positive. At the same time, Barbara said that we depend on the nature and the nature is very vulnerable right now. Um, managing the GHGs of our um, operation doesn't make us better people or pioneer in this moment is simply our responsibility and commitment to new generations. Definitely the decision we make today will define the future for the new generation and our planet. Sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Thank you, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that's, that's really at the core of, of all of this. And I think that, um, you know, the wine industry is, is, is in many ways, and we talked a little bit about this in some of the earlier panels, um, you know, we are at the forefront um, of agriculture and, and many, many wine businesses are, you know, multi-generational businesses that have a commitment, a longstanding commitment to, um, um, to kind of advancing uh, the efforts of, of their, their business for future generations. And we are mm -hmm. certainly, um, in a position now where um, where the science is clear that we need to be doing we need to be doing more. Um, so, Fran, from your perspective, um, what are you know what are some of the things that that VSPT has learned uh, in your in your journey with IWCA and and you know, in, in some of the just some of the learnings that you've seen with other other members so far, recognizing that you know we're currently yeah. there's ten of us and we're from six different countries, um, and we have these these crazy meetings that happen at crazy different time zones. Um, and um, I'm just curious, from your perspective, what are, what have you learned so far? What's what's really stood out for you? Okay, uh, first, we have to join agenda with our suppliers. That is now, but now or yesterday. <laughs> that is, and and then very humbly. Um, <laughs> for 10 years, uh, we um, measure our um, uh, carbon footprint uh, and we have verified it. 
and every seems to be okay. We think, okay, we have a very good calculator works and this is calculator uh, work, but just for the scope one and two, because all the time for these 10 years, our focus was scope one and two. And this is the scopes don't exceed the 9% of uh, greenhouses gases emissions. The scope three is the one that define our footprint, carbon footprint, packaging, business travel, agrochemical, wine transport. So all our effort have to go to their management right now. That's, and from, and so, for during 2020 and the first half of 2021, we have dedicated ourselves to understand, strengthen and our tool and improve our tool, our calculator. We check and set every part of our calculator for every vineyard on every uh, and plants. And now uh, we have, an, we have been looking for details and consider all sources of emission. And why we, what took us so long? Why it's, uh, so long time? And because we have operation in Chile and Argentina, and in the case of Chile, we have three production plants and more than 10 vineyards throughout uh, the country in addition to the office. And not all wineries and vineyards are managed in the same way. We have organic and conventional vineyards, some with 100% uh, technical irrigation and other with up to 80%. Some vineyards are supplied with self-generate uh, renewable energy into electricity demand and others not. Um, we have wineries that produce an only premium wines in other uh, bulk and premium. We have different products, different materials, different bottles, weight of bottles, cork, screw cap, labels. We have <laughs> a lot of SKU. So all this data, we must report a goodly and adapt it to each of the wineries and vineyards. And that is very complex. Very, very complex. And every month we upload the information and with the help um, of a specialist, we review and corroborate uh, that the data is correct. A big internal channel challenge um, has been to train and to make our team aware of the importance of the data, quality and, time, and timeliness. This is the other learning. Precious information. So you said every month you're you're kind of calculating these and, and measuring progress on a on a monthly basis. Exactly. Wow, that's um, I, I mean that's an amazing feat. First and foremost, I mean I, I think it's it speaks to, mm -hmm. um, you know I mean it, it's 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 certainly um, I mean I think there's been a lot of discussion about just over the years of the need to measure to measure sustainability progress in general um, uh, in a similar way to how organizations measure kind of their, their financial health and, and 
I know that at Jackson Family Wines, you know, we've we've um, we've had a, a series of, of goals that we established back in 2014 or 2015. Um, and those goals were really, um, I think, instrumental. Like just having those goals were instrumental in us, you know, starting to really make progress around water reductions, greenhouse gas emissions reductions, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting to zero waste and, and, and really kind of leading and driving sustainability progress moving forward. But we, I talked a little bit about this earlier, but the concept of you can't manage what you don't measure is, is really rings true with the work that we're trying to do. And the more that we as an industry treat sustainability information really in the same way that you treat financial information is beneficial. Um, as we move forward and, and certainly for organizations that are, um, they're larger in scope and scale. Um, there are significant, um, financial opportunities that can be unlocked, um, uh, to, you know, to make an organization, um, you know, advance it in its sustainability goals and really, really drive, uh, cost savings, um, in many ways. So, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that we looked at, uh, when we were first starting our journey and really kind of looking at our emissions reductions of targets um, was glass, because that was this big kind of eye-opening experience. And, and you, you heard from a lot of the other panelists that, that packaging and glass are, are major contributors. Um, and for us at Jackson Family, um, we, we basically, um, you know, we looked at, um, at, at the numbers and we recognized that, um, you know, we could, reduce our emissions pretty significantly by an order of magnitude of like three or 4% by um, starting to, to, to lightweight, just, just an, an immediate, you know, metric that we could do and an immediate, an immediate measure we could do is to lightweight our glass bottles to, to work, to kind of increase the recycled color of the bottles that we purchased. And that, that would, um, that would lead to pretty immediate emissions reductions, but it would also create pretty significant cost savings. Um, because we buy we buy glass in, in volume and not by the individual bottle, um, so kind of starting to connect those dots, I think there's a really really interesting opportunity um, as as we see it for some of the some of the larger kind of um, more data data centric data focused organizations to really take uh, take that role. Um, so when you do your your annual uh, emissions. Um, calculations friend um how long does that take what's the what's the kind of the the process or the timeline for doing an annual emissions audit can you repeat the question i can't hear it so good sure what's what's the timeline generally speaking for um for conducting your annual emissions audit okay um i told you we always add the data for the month during the first two weeks uh, of the following month and so every end January, we could uh, take the information, okay, but for 2020, it took for more, um, for a more month due to setting. We, we have to improve and set uh, our calculator this year. It's not easy. So... <laughs> Because you, you, you say that we, we are big, we have a lot of supplies, our operation is complex. So in this process, in this journey, we have to understand 
understood and set our calculator and that was for more for a month more yeah <laughs> or yeah for the, for the annual and then and you're kind of doing those those monthly inputs yeah mm -hmm. yeah we've seen um uh we are uh not by we are not that sophisticated we do our we do our annual reporting um every year we start in january at jackson family and um Generally, it takes us about four to six months, um, and we've seen year over year that um, that the data collection—that's um, always the hardest part, right? It's 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 gathering that information from all of these disparate sources and talking talking to your suppliers, talking to your internal team. Um, we now have a, a process where um, we, you know, there's there are a number of people internally who are our kind of our, our data. Um, our data custodians, as it were, they, they really keep that information. And so we need to go to them every single, um, every year and, and really kind of work to make sure that, that, that they're collecting the appropriate information. And, and I've seen over the last five years in particular for us that that process has gotten a lot more streamlined. Have you, have you seen a similar, have you had a similar experience where the more you do it and the more kind of people get comfortable with it, the process gets streamlined and it becomes more efficient and just more ingrained in people's uh, in people's work stream. Um, now um, I can see that because first we had to train to the people to the uh, we call it carbon footprint teams, and because here is very important the quality of the information, and that was um, a. <coughs> our uh, big challenge in this process and now we we are looking for more details we are trying to understand every part of our uh, value change and how affect our uh, our um, emissions you know so yes every day is more complex complex but at the same time is easier <laughs> Um, so, you know, now that you've, you go through the process and you understand what drives your emissions, um, what are, you know, what are some of the, some of the efforts and some of the activities that VSPT has put into place, um, to take, you know, what you're, what you're seeing and what you're learning through your data collection activities and how are you then turning that into action, uh, to, to, to focus on reducing your emissions and, and achieving your IWCA targets. Okay. Uh, first, we want to decarbonize it, our um, operation. Second, uh, we are looking for the eco packaging. We have we launched the last year um, eco design policy, and we want to change the way that we manage uh, our um, um, vineyards. We are. We have the the, the eyes put in the um, agrochemicals. So um, in twenty eighteen, we ready we defined um, our sustainability model, and today we are approaching from three lines or axes of action. 
the carbon footprint uh, is impacted by all the other activity. Today we talk about um, climate change, um, concessions, consumption, and sustainable progress. And so in this process, we have understood that um, we have the big challenge. I told you, join the agenda with our supplier, change the way that we produce rape and discarbonize the operation. Um, today, um, we have four projects um, to renewable energy. Um, we have two solar panel projects. First, uh, supplier supplies nine vineyards, mainly technical irrigation system, are 2.7 megawatts of capacity. Uh, we had um, a winemaking operation in our largest production plant in Molina. And the three is the biogas plant in Molina also uh, with one megawatts of capacity. Uh, now we are working in almost doubling the power of the biogas plant and reach 1.8 megawatt and use the sand percent of the thermal energy is produced because we have here um, two big commitment in this area. First, to carbonize our electricity consumption by 2021 now. So we expect to change our electrical energy metrics to 100% renewable energy starting in October of this year. Uh, today we have 39% from self-generation and the second is WCA challenge goal, um, self-generating at least 20% of energy we use, electrical and thermal, by 2024 for us. And we have four, uh, and this is project, the fourth project, um, we achieve 10% of the total energy we currently use right now. Have you, um, have you noticed any, any differences or kind of distinctions between the uh, renewable energy that you use at, in, your, in your vineyard locations versus in your, um, in your production facilities? Or do you pay, um, do you know if you pay the same amount per uh, kilowatt hour or, or equivalent for uh, agricultural electricity versus commercial electricity? Do you, have, do you have different rates there? I'm always curious how that breaks out <laughs> globally. We pay the market value, but the biogas plant um, has something different. It's a great example of um, a circular economy because um, the, the, the biogas plant receives all of our harvest waste and then we receive a biofertilizer. Fertilizer? How is the, the word? <laughs> Fertilizer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we don't pay for the management of this waste. And then we buy the electricity, energy, and thermal energy to market uh, value. Mm -hmm. And that is almost the, I don't know, 40% of the old energy that we use in our operation. Great. Yeah, it's. Um, I think there's a, there are a lot of opportunities, um, a lot of a lot of opportunities there, and it's it's really exciting. Um, um, so, 
Anything else um, that, uh, that, that you want to share with, with the group as far as kind of your, your goals, your aspirations, um, you know, what, what your experience has been in working with IWCA? Uh, there's a lot of, I think, really good questions in the, uh, in the online uh, chat, and I think we can kind of jump into that. But um, I would love to just get any closing, closing statements from you, Fran, as far as your journey and your targets and your goals. Um, I think that everything that we do now is very inspirator. But we are, I told you, we are not... Um, good people for do this is actions is all our responsibility and I think that we are learn a lot um, and I think that I don't know today we are very proud to be the first South American winery to be part of YWCA but we want not to be the only one <laughs> We live, this is an implicit challenge here. We are um, making other wineries aware of our environmental impact and inviting them to be part of this commitment, which in place, um, including nature and evaluating project, um, both economically and socially. Um, we really feel that the YWCA is a group that promotes collaboration and coordination, not only in the industry level, but also globally. It's uh, called the all wineries around the world to contribute and an organic side way with nature because the nature which, uh, is the main supplier of our business. So we need to work united. This is the only way. I, I agree, and I think that that really underscores the importance um, of the work that we do, and I think it, it, under, it underscores certainly the global nature of, um, you know, of our work, and I think the wine industry, you know, big picture is truly a, a global industry, and we're all the better, um, I think, for, for learning from, um, from our respective colleagues in different regions and different countries, and um, from my perspective, and obviously I, I'm biased because I've been involved in IWCA since the get-go, but I think that, that IWCA provides an amazing framework for wineries um, and industry partners uh, all over the world to come together uh, in, a, in a shared um, common, um, common goal and, and really to aggregate and to, to advance our, our objectives. Um, yeah. So, Fran, I want to really thank you for taking the time um, to, uh, to share the VSPT uh, initiatives and journey with us. And um, I want to turn to uh, over to some of the questions and I'll, I'll start just kind of reading off the questions that have come in through the chat through the course of, um, of our discussion. And then if there are any other ones at the end, we can certainly, we can certainly uh, take those in. Uh, there was a question that came in over the break uh, from Luis about um, how we factor in um, CO2 release during fermentation. And I think that's a really, uh, really interesting and a really important question. Um, so as it stands right now, CO2 from fermentation is technically, it, it sits outside scopes one through three. 
it's known, it's in what's known as the short-term carbon cycle or the biogenic emissions cycle, um, because their emission, it's their emissions basically derived from um, uh, from biogenic processes and not from fossil fuels. And um, as such, the protocols that we follow, um, they recognize them outside of scopes one through three, but we do have a format for being able to, um, to track those emissions and calculate those emissions at IWCA and within the calculator. It's something that we've, uh, we've done for a number of years. And I think it really is kind of an interesting, um, it's an interesting conundrum because when you just when you look at it and you look at the global scale and you look at uh, you know some of the, the data that I shared at the top of this um, panel around you know 420 parts per million CO2 in the atmosphere and a, and a warming climate, um, every release of um, carbon dioxide or CO2 equivalent contributes to that warming, whether it's biogenic or not. And I do think um, that wineries. Um, you know, are in a really interesting and a unique position because we emit, um, you know, through fermentation, a pretty concentrated source of, um, of CO2 through fermentation. Um, and I think that, uh, that there needs to be kind of additional and, and more kind of efforts that are taking place in that space to figure out, first of all, um, you know, capturing it is one thing um, and then sequestering it is, is, is quite another. Um, and, um, so I think is we need to ramp up our efforts. I know Jackson Family Wines is working on, on funding some research to do exactly that, as is Torres. Um, and, and there are another, a, a number of companies, I think, and organizations um, that are working on that space. But I think it's something that, again, the wine industry can absolutely lead on uh, because you know, we, we are in a position where we can work to capture and sequester those emissions. Um, um, there was a question from Pam about a comparison chart online that compares and contrasts the various sustainability standards and climate calculators. And um, Pam, that's a really good question. I, um, I am not aware of anything that kind of takes a, a global holistic look. Um, that's something that maybe FIVS or OIB or, or one of the other kind of global um, wine sustainability organizations has um, has uh, produced, but I think that that's a really interesting question. And it's one that gets at the core of, you know, the global nature of the work that we're all um, trying to do. I'd be very interested if you are able to find something like that. Um, I'd be very interested in, in seeing what that looks like. Um, and then a follow on uh, your, another question is just directly after that is why is carbon defined as the main criteria in sustainability? Um, and I think, I think from my perspective, um, and the reason that we focus, at least the reason IWCA focuses so heavily on carbon or carbon equivalents, it's, it's really CO2 equivalents, um, is because we really see that as um, the primary driver of climate change. And, um, you know, everything kind of trickles down from there. And as we are kind of continuing in our, in our activities um, that, that are continuing to, to contribute to uh, a warming world, uh, we recognize the need to, um, to mitigate, um, to, to kind of turn back that clock as, as quickly as possible. So I don't know that it's necessarily the main criteria, um, but it is absolutely one in which we know that we need to take um, decisive, um, decisive action immediately. Um, Marta asks a really good question about um, how IWCA could work effectively 
to help track and reduce emissions to other business models in the industry, such as importers, distributors. Um, and obviously makes a great point that their practices are um, based around transportation. And, you know, as, as we've pointed out today, transportation accounts for a massive component, most any wine company's um, emissions footprint. Um, so, I, I mean, I think, you know, we view those activities as contributing for us to our scope three emissions, any winery's scope three emissions. And, and as such, um, those uh, importer distributor logistics partners are of critical importance. Um, at this point, we haven't, uh, we haven't really discussed in great detail uh, the opportunities for um, non-wine producers to participate in a kind of a formal membership role within IWCA, although it's a really interesting thought. Um, and I will certainly give it, um, give it more thought. Fran, I don't know if you have any, uh, any thoughts associated um, uh, with that, but I think it's a really interesting idea to, to broaden uh, the umbrella, as it were. Yeah, um, I just want to add that um, maybe the carbon footprint is not the main, but everything that we do produce uh, gases, you know? So I think that is a good uh, way to to measure our impact in our process, you know? And the second, um, I'm breathing. <laughs> sure. Um, so, uh, I, I, we can, uh, I, there's, there's a, another question too, just from, um, from Pam that asks about refus, uh, excuse me, reforestation plans. Um, and I think that, uh, and she, she, she's pulling a quote um, that uh, Katie Jackson from Jackson Family Wines um, is attributed to. And, um, you know, we, um, I think refus, reforestation plans uh, as, as uh, Mr. Torres spoke to earlier are obviously of, of critical importance. And, um, you know, we, um, uh, we've talked a lot uh, within the membership um, organization of IWCA of the idea of kind of everybody kind of working together to target and identify and support reforestation projects and how we can do that. And I think obviously that that, that plays a, a hugely critical role. I mean, I think um, and, and Pam, you referenced drawdown. Um, I mean, those 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 opportunities to to kind of leverage um, natural systems to to store and sequester atmospheric carbon while also supporting um, biodiversity, upon which everything is is dependent, is something that uh, industry, uh, this industry in particular, needs to uh, to really advance. And that's absolutely on the uh, on the IWCA uh, agenda. Um, Following on uh, another comment uh, from Luis about uh, photosynthesis. Uh, yes, so that is also, so photosynthesis um, through um, vine activity, um, through um, kind of in, in vineyards, that is also accounted for in the short-term carbon cycle. So you have a negative emission source through fermentation emissions and you know, a positive emission source through, um, through sequestration. Uh, through the vines, but again, that that lives in that short-term carbon cycle. So we we calculate it 
um, we account for it, but it is not necessarily, at least at this point, um, uh, at least at this point, it's not, um, it doesn't technically count as scope one, uh, but it's, but it's certainly um, absolutely important. Um, so I think um, we uh, are, I don't know if there's any, uh, any additional questions uh, from anybody in the group, but I know Tom, um, you had mentioned that if anybody wanted to kind of connect with me personally after this, uh, this session, that we could have a, um, uh, a breakout room um, that was available. And, um, and I'm certainly uh, happy to, to stay on a little bit after the hour to, uh, to have any kind of further discussions with any, um, any producers or anybody else interested in learning more about IWCA and, and supporting uh, our efforts. Um, so Tom, I don't know if there's a, if there's a uh, kind of how we direct people to that, but I'd uh, be interested to hear from you there. Yeah, um, well, we just leave this uh, session open and people can stay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, great. Well, um, I think that with that, then we will conclude uh, the formal um, workshop and. Again, to all of the speakers who um, spent a lot of time working to prepare for this session and obviously uh, the work that they are doing on, uh, on leading the efforts of their respective wineries and on behalf of IWCA um, goes without, without saying it's really truly inspiring work. And I hope all of you in the audience um, really got a good sense of, of who we are as an organization and why we are so committed to um, really working together collaboratively uh, to advance decarbonization solutions, mitigation solutions, sequestration solutions, and really putting the wine industry in a position of leadership to where um, we can really lead this conversation, not just for agriculture, but for the, for the global economy moving forward. I think this is um, a tremendous opportunity. It's obviously coming out of um, a, a significant um, global crisis, obviously, that, that everybody in this room is clearly aware of and recognizes the need for all of us to, to do more and to, to take um, mitigative efforts and really to manage and to measure um, where we are. And, and we really think IWCA kind of sits right in that sweet spot of, um, of measurement, management, and action. And so for those of you who are interested in joining our effort, uh, we would love to have uh, more, more voices from across the global wine geography and I uh, just want to thank you all again for uh, for the time and to Tom and Toby for putting together a, a great uh, a great session and a great conference that is forthcoming over the next two days we're really excited to, uh, to further the discussion further the knowledge and, and continue working together so thank you all so much Julianne thank you so much and thank you to all the speakers who took part in the last three hours. Uh, great job, Julianne, drawing it all together and facilitating. And of course, we're going to record this and, and put it up as a podcast on the Sustainable Wine website and on, on our podcast channel. And if you'd like us to put you in touch with Julianne, just send uh, us an email. We're happy to connect you. And we can we can hang around here for half an hour or so if you'd like to ask Julianne further questions. We have a packaging workshop on this Zoom room in a bit, but not just yet. So if you're coming to that, that'll take place shortly. Um, Otherwise, uh, we will uh, 
be in touch with the recording and you're welcome to to stick around for a little bit and ask uh, Julien questions. We can bring you in on video if you like. So that ends the, the formal proceedings. Thank you so much to IWCA and, and Jackson for their support of this event and of the conference, which starts tomorrow. And we're looking forward to seeing you all there as well. So thanks, everyone. And I'll also just say, um, I just shared my email in the chat. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to me directly um, uh, about anything Jackson or IWCA related, if not um, uh, right now, you can certainly email me and we can schedule, excuse me, some time in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, and I'm happy to share more information. Thank you. Well, this room's going to stay open. So if you want to ask Julianne anything, now's the time. You can unmute yourself and come in on video or put something in the chat function. We'll just kind of hang out on mute for five, 10 minutes and see who has questions. Um, we will be here anyway for the next session. So let's see if anybody has anything they want to ask. May I? Please do, yeah. If, Luis, if you'd like to join us on video, please do. Okay. Um, sure. <laughs> well, I'm in the garage. Julian, hello. <laughs> nice, nice talk. Uh, I really appreciated your effort. Um, you, you all taught me a lot of good things uh, today. Uh, I'm going to review some of the notes that uh, I had. Um, I wonder um, about the, um, the protocol that you mentioned. Um, in the wine industry, you do have some, um, some issues here that I believe that are some opportunities. Uh, for instance, you do have wineries that, well, you have vineyards that, that uh, are more than 20 years old. So that can also be factored in. Uh, you have the, the root uh, systems once the vineyard gets into age and uh, that carbon, that it remains in the soil, so it should be also counted. Uh, you also have wines that take longer than 100 years, so <laughs> that is quite interesting as a food. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I was wondering the, the thing about the, um, as you mentioned, the scope one and three, because uh, those protocols, uh, I believe they should be reconsidered uh, to factor in the biogenic carbon that goes along uh, with phytosynthesis and, uh, well, the, the sugars and that go into, into the wine, into the food, um, and then it's consumed by humans. Um, the... It is quite interesting to to see how they those emissions that are how do you say uh, down the hill um, are not uh, so for agriculture systems it's quite unbalanced because all the carbon that we fix um, that we sink during photosynthesis we cannot factor in that in our systems I believe that is quite unfair for us um, because. All the, um, the problems that, that are downstream um, in the, the food chain, um, the inefficiencies that go along with bad consumption of, um, of our products, uh, those kinds of inefficiencies, it's, it's just unfair for us. 
Um, that's one perspective. That's what, that was why I was talking to you uh, about the photosynthesis effect, because you don't see that in any of those yeah. uh, carbon schemes. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And we, we went back and forth with this a lot when we were kind of um, developing not just the calculator, but also just kind of our, our standards for the organization. And um, ultimately, I think the decision that we made was that we wanted to align with the protocol, um, you know, whatever the, whatever kind of the global accepted protocol is at the time, and that we are, you know, we are open to adjusting and changing our our standards as the protocol changes. Um, and, you know, we didn't want to necessarily get into the, the kind of the point where we were being the arbiters of what the industry could or could not calculate. We just, we won't, you know, we, we take our cues from, from the protocol. And so, I mean, that's why we're watching all of this stuff so closely. And I think, you know, to the point that you make about um, photosynthesis and, and you know, that's, that's something that I think we, would generally agree with. Um, and I think as we start to see more and more research coming out around soil carbon sequestration, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities there, but until the science is settled and until the kind of the, the, the protocol, you know, we're, we're just, we've really focused on, on, on being, um, on taking our guidance from the protocol and then, and then working to kind of, you know, explore those, those, differences as we move forward but it's it's a challenge because i think that a lot of us look at things and you know there are people who have said to me over the years or over the, the last year or so that that our work is not aggressive enough and that our targets are not aggressive enough. and i think to a certain degree that that is absolutely true um you know and so what we'll, and yet what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a framework for action for people to be able to measure um what is what is important and to be able to kind of take those steps as quickly as possible um, you know, to, to advance the work that we're on. Uh, but I, I mean, as soon as, or if the protocols change, then we will update our guidance accordingly. Well, anyway, congratulations for the work and good luck for the challenges that are coming on. That's, thank thank <laughs> you. you. It's, it's, it's fun work. And I, it's, it's certainly something that I, I look at as, as, um, as my life's work. And I really think that, Again, this industry is in a really great position to be able to um, to lead. So, um, thank you for your contributions and your great questions. Any other additional questions or yeah? Comments? Hi. Hi, Julian. Um, it's Fergal from uh, Alliance in the UK. Uh, just following up on Martha's point earlier, I work with Martha um, on the uh, distributor bit. I mean, that's our bit. We have a production side of the business as well, but it's quite small. We um, started off as a distributor, moving, moving the other way. Um, so, and we had a few full starts on our general kind of sustainability programs where we just kind of struggled to make any progress. And, and partly that was, you know, we're a relatively small company. There are one or two, I think, distributors who were a bit ahead of us and doing a really good job. Um, but partly it was resource. And Martha's our first kind of sustainability manager in the, in the business, uh, winemaking background. But um, yeah, we're struggling with some of the same problems in terms of benchmarking and particularly uh, transport and so many third-party 
partners on that. So, so, so much of it is scope three, even though we have our own fleet and stuff and um, electric vehicles will be a big part, but uh, for the kind of weight and stuff that's being moved around at the moment, there's no really practical solution, but just um, I'm going to leave to take a break before the next session, but just to say, if there is any scope, even some kind of affiliate thing, or it would be really, really interested in, um, in hooking up. It's the same kind of problems, but just from a different perspective. And um, the work that you guys have done is, is really great and inspiring and the collaboration as well. And we were just actually talking the other day about finding people to collaborate with on our side. And we've started reaching out to some of our bigger suppliers who are doing interesting things, but it is ultimately going to be a bigger network. And, and we're all facing the same problem that 70 or 80% of stuff is falling in scope three. So um, yeah. just before I head off, if there is any scope or you have any thoughts on that, uh, please, I'll, I'll ping you a quick email afterwards just so you have all our contact details. But uh, Yeah, that'd be great. And, and I know Marta uh, pretty well. Um, yeah, of course. So, uh, and I, I, would, um, I would say, you know, we would be happy to, to start considering it. I mean, so much of our work has really been focused on, on producers, but recognizing, obviously, as we, as we demonstrated today, I mean, scope three is massive. And, um, and, and the distribution um, side of the business is just, I mean, you guys are criti critical um, critical partners. So um, I would love to explore some synergies moving forward. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, thanks. That was a fantastic session. So much appreciated. Right. Talk to of you course. soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Hi, anybody else? Uh, Pierre, did you have a question? We can't hear you. Um... Here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my name is Pia. We, I'm a board member of Winery in Mexico, in Valle de Guadalupe. And we're entering to start, uh, interest in, in starting this process, but we just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting pushing the board, hey, it's time for us to go sustainable. What are we gonna do? The rest of the world is doing it, you know? Um, so do you guys can give advice in Mexico? Because we have Napa advisors for wine, but I'm not sure they know a lot about sustainability. So maybe it's better for us to start with someone that's, you know, uh, like you guys. So. Um, well, we can, we can certainly help. Um, you know, as it relates to emissions and, you know, kind of the main areas of materiality. Um, and I think that, you know, although the, the, the tool that we, we demonstrated earlier today is, is um, a US-based tool. I mean, I think it's a pretty, it'll give you a really good sense of, um, of what the issues are. Um, and, it, you know, it can, be, it can be something that could very easily be adapted to Mexico. Um, Josh, who uh, we worked with to develop the tool, I don't know if you were able to attend the second session, oh, um, yeah, but yeah. he's 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 a great resource as well. Um, he is an independent consultant in this space, um, and I think that he's a he's a really great resource um, as well. And and you know, I mean, ultimately, you know, what we've done with with the tool is we're trying to have it so that it conforms to um, to helping all all wineries, um, you know, measure. What's important. Um, so I think as a next step, you can either email me directly, and I can um, I can I can set you up um, with the tool, and um, you know we'd love to kind of talk to you about the the steps and the process by which um, you can kind of 
you know, learn more about and potentially join IWCA in our efforts. And I'm also happy to put you directly in contact with somebody like Josh, um, I think who could kind of provide more specific um, sustainability consulting services. Well, that's great. Thank you very much. Because right now we're just kind of lost and yeah. I'm going to push this, but I don't know where to start pushing, you know. That's awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Pierre. There's also lots of um, articles and podcasts on sustainablewine.co.uk, which go uh, broader than, than carbon on lots of different issues, Pierre. So if you want to have a look at sustainablewine.co.uk uh, and then get in touch if we can help with other issues, we're very happy to try and uh, advise as we can in terms of who else you could contact. But Julia makes some great suggestions. Okay. Thank you. I've seen your like your webinars and stuff, and I'm trying to just to gather information instead of reading books i'd rather uh, have like these kind of webinars and conversations i think they're very enriching like but um i'm still a bit lost <laughs> so but we'll get there i know and we're just starting the first process right and i believe it's very important um anyways thank you absolutely well thank you for your interest today